Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Hello, good evening, and... Oh, crap. I have no clue what number we're on. 161. You're going to leave that in? Yeah, why not? That's amusing and personally embarrassing to me. Good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 161, which may shortly become a cat-free Gatecast if they keep walking on the keyboard. <laughs> Isn't there some sort of cat-proof device you can have for your keyboard? Yeah, it's called the door being shut. <laughs> Unfortunately, one of my friends at the weekend told me her cats figured out how to open doors. Right then. <laughs> That's why you don't give your cats access to the internet. Right, back to the beginning. On a night which, as I noted in the tweet, has a full moon in a very clear and somewhat cold sky. It was four degrees Celsius. And I come into the house about an hour ago, and for American viewers, convert it. Look it up. Get to a human temperature scale and this Fahrenheit telling us. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Yes, uh, as we finally got around to saying, welcome to Gatecast 161. This week's episode, Icon. Mm. Stargate SG-1 episode. Indeed, yes. Just in case anybody gets confused. Atlantis, SG-1, Atlantis, SG-1. Otherwise known as the one vote can make a difference. Yes. <laughs> oh, I thought that was beautiful, especially when he didn't vote. <laughs> Come try ya! Oh, I am very impressed with what I got as a secret father gift. What was that? I posted that I like handmade things. Yeah. Picture two wooden blocks, maybe three inches across and four inches tall. Yeah. And then imagine someone got a router and hollowed out two and a half inch by one and a half inch a bit in the middle of them and then inserted notepaper into one side of it and then attached an amazingly complicated amount of ironmongery to it to act as hinges. I mean, I looked at it and I thought three things. The first thing being, ooh, shiny. Second thing being, this must have taken hours and hours and hours. And third thing, where can I put this that the cats can't get at it? Practical considerations eventually make themselves known. Yeah, but it was, ooh, shiny. <laughs> I admit, that was my first thought. Because I wanted, I hadn't made a look at it. I thought, holy crap. Hi, everyone. I'm Shannon, and I'm here with my sister. Susie. And together we are the hosts of Hexed Sisterhood of the Supernatural. We are podcasting our way through Supernatural TV from a paranormal perspective. From our standby sibling staple of Supernatural. To the trysts of true blood. From high school drama and love triangles of Vampire Diaries. To the troubles of Haven. From sensuous succubus of Lost Girl. To the true adventures of Ryan of Paranormal State. We love it all and more. We always have something to watch and something to talk about. So join us in our paranormal adventures over at hexpodcast.blogspot.com. Vampires, werewolves, succubi, fairy folk, ghosts, spirits, and magic, and the women and men who seek them out are all welcome. We'll see you through the audio veil. All Supernatural TV, all the time. Okay, that's the wrong season. <laughs> or the wrong disc. I have Sacrifices, Endgame, and Prometheus Unbound. Uh, we're not there yet. No, we're not. I put in disc three. I should have put in disc two. Give. Don't flash a red light. Um, give me the damn disc. Why don't I just put disc three then? Did you say you're even watching Almighty Johnson's, or are you letting it finish before you burn through season two? I watched season two a long time ago. Ah, disc two of six. When Sci-Fi said, I'm going to wait a few months to show it, and I went, so do you, so I went and watched it myself. You heard it got renewed thanks to fan complaints? It was cancelled after season two and there was uproar from national and international fans and the studio reversed the decision and renewed it. And it's a bit different when, like in New Zealand, if 10,000 people complain, that's half the population of New Zealand. <laughs> Not, but you know what I mean. We've got at least one New Zealander that listens. <laughs> I don't know if Paul Barlow listens, actually. Yeah. And he has a lot of contacts within the New Zealand film industry. Shame I couldn't get the FTP to work properly so we could actually upload that video interview with Amanda Tapping while it was still relevant. I think, bizarrely enough, I actually caught... This was on Sky the other week. Was it? Yeah, because I remember seeing the end of it, and I saw a mention of Kelowna, and I'm thinking, hang on, is that not Jonas's planet? The St. Kelowna? I heard a word very similar to Kelowna. Where have you been hiding? Sorry, a cat just emerged from behind me, and I have no memory of said cat D emerging too behind me. I thought it was a bit quiet. No outbursts or... I think they've learned now, but she does still have a tendency to play with that bit of hex I've got on top of the shelf. 
do you cast some sort of inbuilt staff of destruction plus ten? <laughs> Don't knock the little pewter figures down. Cindy comes up here and then Shiana follows her because she's wondering where she is. Although it's one when they step onto the DVD player and they realise that paws don't actually grip the smooth burnished metal surface so they scrabble madly for a second and then fall down between it and the red ear. <laughs> Always a laugh. Never gets old, does it? Nope. Thanks to the cat almost knocking the large, heavy uh, piece of hex down off the top shelf, I have Bob Dylan's Eve of Destruction in my head. Silly kitty. Well, I have the right icon avatar affinity in Covenant. Oh, she's cute. Who is? The blonde who's chatting to the guy with the red marks on his face in the little preview screen. In fact, that looks like a Daniel post-radiation poisoning. You mean Daniel almost died? <laughs> Shocker. Almost? There's one thing for Daniel. He doesn't do half measures. He's a, Daniel Jackson doesn't stop at almost dying. You know, he goes at it full bore. None of the wimpy almost dying for Daniel. He goes the whole way. Shall we go to lion mode? Oh, it, stay. Good line. Right. If we're good to go. We're good to go. Ever three. Ever a doe. Ever a hen. Flicky. Fade to black, fade in on an apartment. It's time. Yeah, oldie worldie type. Yes. And this scene is uh, why the uh, episode got the name of the English patient. Mm-hmm. Just relax. That was the working title of the episode. Oh, Daniel, what have you done? Oh, dear. Give your vision a moment to adjust. You haven't used it for a while. Oh, dear. The husband walked in on you. That's it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your eyes. It's nice to finally see them. Oh, bless. <laughs> You're doing some rattling, aren't you? No, they are. I'm just trying to stop them. Ooh, crikey. Oh, dear. There should be soup. He's ill. Yes. Many miles from the city. This house belonged to my uncle. We're safe here. City... Safe? Safe from who? Yes. Your husband again? <laughs> Daniel, what have you been up to? Something terrible happened. Oh, wasn't that good in bed then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she looks distressed. Many people die. There's food if you feel strong enough to eat. It's so fun, isn't it? None of this would have happened if we hadn't come here. You're alive. And considering what you've been through. Yeah, is everybody else? You're alive. You're alive, and I can confirm when you were covered up fully functional. <laughs> that were a short teaser. Didn't exactly tell you much, did it? Just left the kind of question mark hanging. All right then, Icon. Stargate SG-1, Season 8, Episode 5, The Gatecast, Episode 161. Directed by Peter West. Written by Damien Kindler. Mm-hmm. First heard in the US, August the 6th, 2004. In the UK, November the 2nd, same year. The Australians got it November the 18th, and the Canadians March the 2nd, 2005. Episodes that share the same title, Heartbeat and Heartbeat. <laughs> that was basically it. <laughs> and actually said that uh, under normal circumstances, the story idea is pitched and it's uh, broken down. And then it usually takes quite a while, you know, back and forth, two or three production meetings of three or four hours each to get it down into sort of beginning to a script stage he said this just flowed it just absolutely uh, it went from sort of story idea to finish script in like a ridiculously short time been reading my little background books right now that staircase yeah. looked similar to something I'd seen in Smallville but I haven't actually seen anything to co- collab- corrob- <laughs> corroborate that the great ring of Abaddon this is a nice little set, though, this is. Mm. The gate look. I mean, it looks fake, but it looks like it belongs there. Yeah, it looks like a proper museum piece. Yeah. thousand years old. And while its origin remains a subject of debate, many believe it was created by ancient worshippers to honour their gods. It's thought that the peculiar symbols on the ring itself represent the names of the gods. Oh, Walter's in this. <laughs> At least I have the good sense to back away from it. <laughs> Although not quite fair enough. Whoa, just. <laughs> Singed his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, except if they singed his eyebrows, you wouldn't have eyebrows or a forehead. Imagine seeing something like that emerging, though. Yeah, that, that's not good. That's the worst science fiction, isn't it? Not. Mm. I used to watch films like this in the 50s. <laughs> in a way... 
So who's the guy looking suspicious, or did he get credit? I don't believe any of them got credits, except for the uh, tour guide, who was Richard Side, guest starred in Eureka, Sai, Earthsea, and Elf. Commander Gareth. In the name of the people of the Rand Protectorate, I welcome you. You're Colonel Carter? This is Teal'c and Dr. Daniel Jackson. It is a pleasure to finally meet you all face to face. Commander Gareth looks very familiar. Timothy Webber. He's been in Fringe, Arctic Air, and also uh, Stargate Universe. Mm-hmm. We've made first contact with a lot of planets, but this is the first time we found ourselves coming out of a museum piece. One of our artifacts suddenly coming to life was a little surprising, but... Yeah, we've got rid of the tourists. Yes. <laughs> We're all wearing uniforms. So which part of Canada is this? It looks like a university campus. Of course, you don't know. You don't have a commentary. Yeah, no commentary on this, but it looks more like a battle on the studios. Hmm. Which we'll get to in due time. Colonel, I hope that once we gain each other's trust, you'll be able to shed some light on the technology that powers the Great Ring. It is unlike anything we have seen before. Yes. It's amazing they don't have to explain it in every world they go to. Mm-hmm. Of course, in due time. I take it the Great Ring is a recurring motif in your culture. It is simply a reminder of certain traditions that predate our age of enlightenment. Most people wear them more for the sake of fashion than for religious belief. And yours all there. Somebody must be selling them, surely. Mm-hmm. The Great Ring was supposedly the source of their power. Of course, we know these are merely legends from our ancient past. However, the activation of the ring may well cause a stir amongst those few who still follow the old ways. He looks familiar as well. Oh, yeah. Gone through him. No. James Kidney? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's not pronounced Kidney. Yeah. Kidney. Been in Smallville, uh, Where Are 13, Psych. What am I saying? That's not Soren. That's Jared Kane, Matthew Bennett. Mm. He's been in uh, Battlestar Galactic playing Dorel, the Cylon. Ah, right. And three episodes of Stargate SG-1. He's, uh, he was Martin Lloyd's nemesis. Daniel wants to be uh, woken in time for the sponge bath. <laughs> Can't enjoy a sponge bath if you're unconscious. Sponge bath Daniel to the tune of SpongeBob uh, SquarePants. <laughs> no pants, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fairly standard. Actually, on that, I read the thing about Daniel's reintroduction, and Amanda couldn't be on set that day, and she said she really, really wanted to be, just to be, you know, like, near Daniel with a warmed, fluffy blanket handy. <laughs> These books have gone on an epic journey, considering it's taken two and a half months to get me. How'd it go with the Caledonians? Not so well, actually. My time with the representatives was severely limited by Rand security forces. Apparently, Gareth had national security concerns. Mainly that we tell the Caledonians too much about the Stargate. Let me venture a wild guess. They don't get along so good. So this is just after the first meeting and before the second. Mm. Bit of exposition. Wake up, Tilk. Got one of the episodes that's going to jumble the timeline all up. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. There's actually a third element which has me a little more concerned. A group of religious fundamentalists led by a man named Soren. These people think that all life on the planet was created by ancient gods, and that these gods will someday return and reward them for their faith. And by coming through the Stargate, we confirm their beliefs. Because the gate was activated in a public place, the Rand government has been unable to prevent the rumors from spreading. You know, Rand Protectorate, or the corporation, they just lifted this plot straight from the, the game Red Alert, haven't they? Yeah, I've heard other people say this is very much like <laughs> Command and Conquer. Yeah. You've got Kane. Well, maybe it's the iconography. Oh, yeah, it's, it's just Kane is the bad guy in Red... <laughs> yeah, and he, <laughs> the good guy's called Kane in this one. Oh, dear. Jack, you have to let me go back. If what you say is true, things are going to get a little out of hand over there. Yes, because of us. If we hadn't chosen to pay them They'd be visit, far better off, I know. Daniel, we're always sticking our collective noses where they don't belong. It's what we do. I can help them understand what they're facing, make them see it's not the end of the world. If we leave now, who knows what could happen? No, we don't. <laughs> You've walked away before. You've run away before. Oh, Jack, bad decision. Yes. Regular contact, no exceptions. The second things start getting a little squirrely, thank you. Daniel. Squirrely. Squirrely. I'll put that in the report. <laughs> squirrely. I've never seen a high clearance written on the ceiling beam before. What's a nice little cottage, anyway. Hmm. I suspect that little pool is the uh, famed Jack Cabin pool. Possibly. Oh, don't let appearances fool you. I still feel terrible. Lita, everything you've done for me... Has been for my own sake as well as yours. Well, that water looks a bit cloudy. I hope it's iced tea or something. And that jug looks plastic. Doesn't put its possession of technology way beyond everything else. Well, it depends what level of technology you think. They've got rifles. 
Yeah, but would they have plastic? Plastic needs reasonably high-level biotech engineering. Jared is away searching for survivors. He should be back in a few days' time. I think it would be best if he answered your questions. Jared Kane. Yeah, I remember him. He was in the bunker as well. My husband was chief aide to Commander Gareth. Husband was. Was? (laughs) Tell me Daniel didn't kill him. (laughs) Oh, clearly he trusts Daniel. Hope he sent you here. Not, I spotted you and I fancied you. You look more rugged than my husband, so I took you. Well, that's it. This is two months later. Yeah. So at the moment, we've got a huge gap in the uh, timeline. And only 30 minutes to fill it in. Yes. Obviously, something happened. (laughs) Something dramatic. Hmm. You are far from healed. You must rest, Daniel. The seeds have been laid. Religious issues, uh, a Cold War stance between two continents. Yeah. Give me good news, Colonel. I wish I could, sir. We met with Soren, leader of the rebels, but it was less constructive than we'd hoped. How much less? We were only allowed to see him for 15 minutes. After keeping us waiting for several hours. Well, important matters of state, no doubt. He's managed to unite all the fundamentalist factions in the Rand Protectorate, which effectively puts him in control. He was most unwilling to allow us to search for Daniel Jackson. Before he insisted we leave, he did promise he would look into the matter on our behalf. Whatever that means. Right. What about a UAV? He won't give us access to the surface. Plus, he claims it would interfere with their own radio communication systems. I think you're understating things somewhat, Amanda. I'm sorry, sir, but at this point, we have no way of knowing if Daniel's still alive. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. Really, we need spaceships. Yes. Then we can just hover above them and say, do this, do that. Colonialism is the way to go, I tell you. Remarkably still shot of the city. Six weeks ago. Helpful timeline. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is Jared Kane. That's the husband of Leader Kane, who's Daniel's been taken care of by. There's been civil unrest in several urban centres across the country. Over a dozen municipalities have fallen into the hands of Soren's troops. Our forces are in the process of pacifying those areas as we speak. Pacifying? Reclaiming our cities from the hands of religious madmen. So civil unrest means you go to blue? Under normal circumstances, no. Unfortunately, the situation has caused other problems. Pacifying? (laughs) Yes, a loaded word, isn't it? Now that looks so Cold War, doesn't it? Chunky and slightly rusty and sort of implication of Russianness. Loads of sandbags. That looks like a nose cone. That looks a little more modern. Yes. We're forced to heighten our alert status to match that of the Caledonians. And I promise you we will share this technology with you once we fully understand it. You mean once you have assessed its advantages to your national security, you have refused to allow our scientists access to the Great Ring. So you're looking at something definitely post our Second World War. Mm-hmm. No digital displays, though. Nope. And had the ring been activated on Caledonian soil, you would have done no differently. Minister Trident, I am simply asking your government for patience. Come on, call it the Stargate. Hang on a minute, hasn't there already been an episode like this where the ring was on one continent? But that way with a three-way thing. (laughs) I think Damien is taking inspiration from other episodes. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I mean, he ended up writing 26 episodes of SG-1, five of SGA, and then went on to create Sanctuary, so... Well, it wouldn't be a... No, he didn't. He just helped Amanda create it. (laughs) Disparage not the great goddess Amanda Tapping. She just went up to his mouth and says, What can I do now? <laughs> Leave it to me. <laughs> we'll find you. Cue Superman theme music? Yeah. Actually, do Smallville theme music, because if anything reserves the refrain, somebody save me. That does. I might watch some Smallville tonight. Have you seen her on Supernatural yet? Oh, gods, no. I, I didn't feel it. Up to last week, I didn't feel it. Although, the way I felt when I arrived in England on Friday, I was going to watch about five episodes of Supernatural when I got home. And considering that I watch one when I'm feeling particularly miserable. Yes, five was a bad day, let's put it that way. Hmm. This is Daniel Jackson calling Stargate Command, please respond. I mean, you know there's been a war. No, nothing yet. I've been trying for days. Something seems to be jamming all the signals I'm picking up. I mean... Yes, the military. <laughs> Top thing seems to... How is, seriously, Daniel, how naive are you? I mean, you've died, for God's sake. You think you might have picked up something while you were up there? Uh, I had to interrupt, but that's a very World War II aviator-style jacket, isn't it? Well, I think he's asking for trouble, isn't it? I mean, but the cut is sort of World War II American flying ace kind of thing. All he needs is a pair of flying goggles on his head. You think you're up to it? Flying goggles, eh? Daniel Biggles Jackson. <laughs> not impressed. How can you be sure Soren and his followers aren't right? 
How can you know for certain that the gods they worship aren't... Benevolent? Because I've met more than a few of them. Trust me, they're the opposite. And they're definitely not gods. Then what are they? Short form? Yeah, tell them about the gods. Parasitical alien race that steals advanced technology. Rules via fear and intimidation. Has a penchant for melodrama. Trust me, if Soren ever actually met one, he'd be singing a different tune. So something like... Even at this stage, you know, we're getting the picture that this planet has been totally screwed up by the arrival of SG-1. Mm-hmm. Those kind of goggles? Don't start sending things over, Scarp. I've got... I can never find that sodding window. Sorry. I know what flying goggles look like. Okay, look at that after, because it's, it's not really okay. relevant to the episode. It's more my friend Harry. No, I'm not so sure. You couldn't have known what was going to happen. When the fighting began, you could have gone back to your planet, but you chose to stay. Yeah. To try and help us. For all the good it did. Yeah, that was a mistake, wasn't it, Daniel? Or was there a reason, Daniel? Yes, is the reason standing in front of you looking remarkably smooth faced and either very good makeup or just under 25? <laughs> now, the eyebrows tell me it's good makeup. Yeah, Lida Kane, played by Amy Sloan, a Canadian actress. She's been in Haven, Touch, NCIS, and Gilmore Girls. Hmm. This is Stargate Command calling Dr. Jackson. Do you read me? Hey, Walter. It's a nice reflection of the gate in the window, isn't it? It's not something we usually see. Yeah, it doesn't look quite right, to be honest, but mm. I'm not even going to worry about that. Not yet, sir. We're picking up a lot of transmissions from the planet, but none of them are clear enough to tell if they're from Daniel. We think both sides may have employed radio jamming measures just prior to the attack, meaning any signals coming from outside the command bunker are a mess. We're working on it. <laughs> By doing what? <laughs> the problem's yes. at the other end. <laughs> Sounds like the negotiations are going nowhere, sir. Soren is still refusing to allow us to send any teams to look for Daniel. He said our presence on the planet would only cause more panic and fear. Well, okay. Sounds like I should meet these people myself. Ah, fud. Yes, you get the idea that uh, this Soren's a stubborn sod. Yeah. He just wants the excuse to go off-world. Ah, rogue Canadia. Oh, dear. Nope. <laughs> now that looks very similar in design to a Luger. Oops, the other one's not dead. Mm-hmm. Bugger. <laughs> Kane. It looks a tad Jack. worse for wear. It's been a rough few weeks. We got as close to what was left of the capital as we could. So when his troops conducting full sweeps of the region, searching for survivors. What was left of the capital? This really isn't a good sign, <laughs> is it? Oh, that's not good. <laughs> no messing. Now that you've cited him for me, seeing him sort of being a good guy, I keep on to go, don't trust him, he's a Cylon! Yeah. <laughs> he has a plan. Yeah. To be honest, if yep. if all the government loyalists were being executed on the spot, first thing I would do is get rid of my uniform. I wouldn't have been tramping around the countryside in my uniform. No. At least wearing civilian clothing, you'll get the chance to explain, or, you know, all hail Soren. I thought, I have to say, if he had a plan, and the Cylons had a plan for season two, very clearly, the writers didn't. <laughs> I saw more sense in Lost. Well, Battlestar Galactica Blood and Chrome has got more planning involved than the, the Battlestar remake did. Which is probably why it's not going to be made. Yes. We can't make this. It makes sense. <laughs> How dare you? Take it away. <laughs> I mean, it's not writing deliberately Cyrillic looking. I think it's easy to make, you know... Uh, a leap? Well, no, a language look alien making it look Cyrillic. Because mm. when you look at that, you think there's something wrong with it. That's yeah, not good. It might be best if you return to your planet now. Yes, it sounds like they've got a pretty good spy network. Mm-hmm. Commander, Minister Trident for you on according to frequency. Put him through. Commander Gareth, we've been monitoring the situation in your country, and we are most concerned. I understand, Minister. However, rest assured... We are close to reclaiming vital areas. Now is not the time for rhetoric, Commander. Our reports indicate large elements of your military are on the brink of mutiny. Your civil unrest has become a civil war. Should any of your weapons systems fall into the wrong hands, no one in my country would be safe. That will not happen, I can promise you. Just as you promised our scientists full access to the Stargate. First you hide information about the alien device, and now you deny your country has slipped into chaos. We respected the guidelines of our treaty to the letter. 
Our report to you on the Stargate outlined everything we know... Except what you deemed advantageous to your national security. So we're going to blow it up. Yeah, and <laughs> basically, sort your own problems out or we're going to destroy you. Rebel forces just detonated a large explosive device near one of our missile deployment facilities as of this moment. They have a point, I guess. Mm. But yeah. I don't think anybody could have imagined that a civil war could have broke out this quickly. But then again, it probably underlines the sheep nature of a, a population. Mm-hmm. If enough people rebel under the, a religious banner, people will go along with it, whether or not they, you know, they believe the same thing or not. Oh. If they see the government of the day losing control. I take the approach to religion as simply being a convenient method for blaspheming. Uh, as Terry says, it, it, saying, oh, random balls of rock spinning through the universe and uh, gaseous other balls, doesn't have quite the same uh, pithiness as Jesus. <laughs> hmm. We are targeting your missile sites only. If you do not wish a full-scale war, you will not retaliate. Trident! Commander, we've detected multiple launch signals from Caledonian positions. Oh, dear. I like this. One of the plot keywords in IMDb, megalomaniac. <laughs> oh, dear God. So they've got ICBMs or something similar, mm. long-range ballistic missiles with accurate targeting systems which imply gyroscopes, maybe yeah. even electronics. Well, it's not purely ballistic. They've got long-range radar as well, so they've got electronics. Yes, so they have plastics. And that's AK-47. Definite mixture of uh, old world... He's looking and he's got the uniform back on. Yes. Within a matter of days, all our cities were leveled. Oh, that's not good. You can't really mount a resistance with a good see a nice mixture of creeds and races, though, in this population, as we saw in the initial opening scenes. They're not all Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Indeed. It won't be much. They may have struck first, but our missile systems were much more accurate than theirs. Sora, use the chaos to make his move in the bunker. Then how did you save me? It looks a very nice place to live, doesn't it? Oh, war games. Yep. <laughs> oh, close. And dusk falls from the ceiling. I don't see dust. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Mm. I am not. I can't drape. I'm being climbed on. I figured. This is insane. Sworn's forces are moving in on this facility. I can get into the Stargate, but we have to go now. Yes, let's leave the safety of a reinforced compound. Yes. Well, for such a critical facility, you'd have thought there'd been more guards about. It's almost like they want to be attacked. Good talent, father. That's it, who's first? <laughs> good lad. Sacrifice yourself for the good of the cause. Apparently it's an unusual bullet which doesn't kill you or injure you, but actually causes your muscles to... It must have some sort of electrical component. Because it causes you to jerk and fling yourself across the room. So clearly it short circuits your CNS. Oof. Ooh. This way! He just got... Was it the leg or the knee? Surely he shouldn't be walking now if he got shot in the knee. Here, through that door. Hang on a minute. I've seen this hallway before. And yes. that door into a ladder going up. There's just no way if he'd been shot in the leg being able to climb up the ladder. It's like the bat you, ca- you can't hop up a ladder. Maybe they went down. I've always wondered in The Last Batman how he fit this knee thing to him and kicked a hole in a concrete pillar. Why didn't he crush every bone in his foot when he did that? It's like the $6 million man having a bionic arm, but mm-hmm. somewhere it's attached to uh, skin and bones yeah. and sinew. It's got to really be all or nothing. Yes. Loyalist soldiers found us first and got us out of the city. Your wounds were much worse than mine. Bringing you here was the only option. What happened to Commander Garrett? He was executed shortly after the bunker fell. Since he took power, Soren has set up a provisional government. Not that there's much of Rand left to govern. However, we do know he does control whatever's left of the bunker complex. Including the Stargate. Ah. So, Daniel. I'm sensing a need for Jacob to arrive. And do what? Rescue Daniel. Here we have Soren, played by James Kidney. He's been in Smallville, where our 13 Psych and Dark Angel. Oh, doesn't he look properly evil? He does a bit, doesn't he? I greet you in the name of our great nation, Abidan. You changed the name? Abidan speaks more to our people's beliefs. It is from an ancient Goa'u dialect. It means the gods are just. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, your Bible and gave you half the story. I am a raping lunatic. How are you? How long is well, Jack's patience going to hold with this 
obvious nut job. Probably not long. But, you know, if they've got a certain religious text that they're basing their lives on, it's only going to tell the good bits about what the world wanted them to know. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, you can understand how these people rose to power. You know, for decades, centuries, they, they believed this, and all of a sudden it happens. You know, the end is nigh, and next day it is nigh. Mm. You know, the little guy in the corner, I told you so. It might be a bit nice. <laughs> He's manipulating you, Daniel. He's lying. You pretend you have a kid with him soon. I know that you've been trying to make radio contact with your planet since you regained consciousness. Without success. I understand you wish to return to your world, but it simply isn't possible. This isn't about that. My people can help you. Like you helped us before? I admire your passion, Dr. Jackson, but too much has happened to fix with one heroic action. Well, we got something to do in the next 15 minutes. Don't give up. Like uh, Alan says, 15 minutes. It's amazing what we can do in 15 minutes. There's a lot of parallels with that song in this episode. You revere the great ring as much as we do, General O'Neill. Oh, yeah. We love the old gal. Quite possibly for different reasons than you. We both seek to defend our people's way of life, do we not, General? protect their very existence. You do not represent the people of your world. You merely kill those who believe differently and would stand against you. I think the acronym which I can apply to this guy is uh, Sam Max's E-N-I-C. I'm surprised he's not willing to listen to Tilk more. Obviously, it doesn't meet his worldview, but Tilk is kind of the uh, embodiment of what he believes. I don't think he wants that, Sam. Food and medical supplies, plus support personnel to help you stabilize the situation on your planet. You cannot truly believe that your friend is still alive. Oh, he's a resourceful fella. Daniel, dead isn't necessarily dead. Yeah, don't worry about it. Death with Daniel can be regarded as a momentary inconvenience. If you lose him for a couple of episodes, he'll be back. Like a bad smell, he keeps coming back. Yes. No, they haven't even bothered to replace him with another actor yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in an evil frame of mind, haven't I? <laughs> Number 27, bracket, bracket. There are 43 of you wondering. You know, in these parts, we like to call that crimes against humanity. If all you care about is spiritual salvation, what do you need the weapons for? That's a good question. What do you need the weapons for? Well, still a bit of resistance, just a little bit. You mean you want to take over Caledonia too? As I said, the revolution is not yet complete. That's not a revolution, okay? That's a military put-down. And she's still casually hanging things out. Clearly she doesn't have cats. There's no way you'd hang sheets that low with any animal. Uh, that it's not too late to regain control, to, uh, to rebuild your country, everything you told me before. Daniel, I can't. Uh-huh. Why? Because I'd be lying. Jared is right. Those of us who are unlucky enough to live through what's happened will die soon enough. Either through disease or one of Soren's purges. There is no future. Lita, you were right. There is hope. Don't don't doubt that, please. I wonder how long it's been, because Daniel's face has healed up pretty well, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Can't be many more people yeah. left. <laughs> Probably about 99% of your population have gone. You need, we need to start repopulating now. I'm fresh genetic material. <laughs> yes. You need my help. Shag me to save your planet. Jared became... <laughs> What next? He's impotent now. I need you, Daniel. <laughs> At what point? How much of this are you going to cut out to avoid an explicit rating? We haven't said anything that upset anybody. <laughs> I'd forgotten what it was like just to talk to someone. Watch it, Daniel. There's a bloke with a gun behind you. <laughs> or to a point, there's a husband with a gun behind you. <laughs> I'll speak to him, Daniel. But he won't hear me. No, you see, she didn't fix that. Clearly that exists on the bully system where you can hike it up. And she didn't bother. Waste of time. Waste. Sir, I think the fact that he hasn't left yet could mean he's still willing to deal. No, nope. <laughs> should say that. Was Jack actually upset that yeah. Tilk sat down before him? <laughs> well, we can't just give up. Yes. I tell you, Jack hasn't had a very easy start to his no. command. He's probably wishing he'd gone to Atlantis. <laughs> oh, dear. If we can find a way to contact him. Yeah, they might have Elizabeth Weir in charge here. <laughs> I don't think Jack would have gone on well with Commander Shepard. 
There's one problem we have in armed guards around this cottage, of course. Any passerby sees them, they're immediately going to say, hey, there's armed guards there, something's going on. Yes, which means they don't get to pass by. They pass through and then they either get taken into the cottage or shot. You would have me throw away my life and the lives of my men so that Daniel can return to his world? It's not about that. It's about rebuilding our world. His friends can help us do that. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Whose agenda are you cheering on? You, your own planets or Daniel's? You've got to rebel so Daniel can go home. I know that you and Daniel have grown close during his convalescence. Jared, it's not what you think. Let me speak. If I could live the last few years differently, Lita, I would. I would make the time. But we no longer have the luxury for regrets. I need to know, do you love him? Lita. I trust him. The melodrama in the middle of an episode, it's a bit unusual for Stargate. Rather soapy. Isn't it? <laughs> Once order has been established, the people of Abaddon will live differently than before. Simply, humbly, waiting for our God's inevitable return. You know, we've met these gods upon whom you're so hot. And trust me when I tell you, they're not what you think they are. They will reward your worship with enslavement. You are not the first to try to sway our beliefs, but I can assure you, our faith is unshakable. This is not about faith. This is about a means to power. It's a shame they let Cronus uh, go because, frankly, they're gonna look. We have one on tap. Oh, Camelus. Mm. I don't think I can see. <laughs> it would come in handy, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, we flash the eyes. Do this for us. You know, we'll let you go. Or you know, I could just lend them Cindy <laughs> in flashing eye mode. That went well. <laughs> Jack, for God's sake! Even in the episodes, he's actually in this one quite a lot. He is a bit into, yeah. And we'll be on set for a whole three, four days, as opposed to his usual afternoon. What? Well, by implementing new spread spectrum frequency, hopping into our communication center. <laughs> yeah, just never mind. Yeah, I'm not in the mood for that. We found him. Sweet. You find the voice? Yes. <laughs> not quite sure where he is. He's the voice trying to understand it. Make a noise and make it clear. Where you been, Daniel? You coming home or what? Trying to, as soon as I find my Keltesh. What? Uh, looks a lot like my Rincon knock. You know, I, I led it to the. Uh, for a Grell car, Crenor. Hmm, interesting. He's changed. Sir, he's speaking Gwell. Rincon knock strategy. Keltesh speaks of a well known Jafar battle tactic a flanking attack from two sides. Oh my god, Daniel, Daniel's a gold. <laughs> Clever Daniel. Mm. Yes, Daniel. I remember exactly where I put it. Any other thoughts? No, just that I hope someone's been feeding my lower sack while I've been away. It's amazing that one word means all that. Yes. We've pieced together all the gold words Daniel gave us. If Tilk's translations are correct, he's suggesting a strategy to retake the bunker. He is proposing a coordinated attack against Sorin. We come through the gate at the same time as Daniel and Kane's men enter from the surface. I'm thinking we take SGs 3, 6, and 12 as backup. We go in hot, secure the gate, then extract Daniel. He has supplied an estimate of the strength of Sorin's forces as well as a possible date and time for the assault. Our next communication is in five hours. All we need to do is confirm everything and, of course, get a go from you, sir. All right. Well... Not to nitpick or anything here, T, but are you sure you got it right? I am certain, O'Neill. You almost imagine Jack actually saying, yeah, and we'll, okay, then we'll flank okay. him that way. You flank him that No, sorry. <laughs> Jack does blind looks well, doesn't he? <laughs> 15 men he just pretends he's listening to character. Look, these are some of the best people on my planet, and a train for missions exactly like this. It'll be enough, trust me. If we're going to do this, we have to set it up now. They're waiting for your response. Jared, a rebel patrol is approaching. Hide in the cellar. Absolutely. I know what to do. Very optimistic. Yes. Considering, you know, access to the gate is going to be limited. Really relying on one part of the uh, plan to work out. Otherwise, you're going to be walking right into a trap. He was first Brian for 60 years. Of course he got it, please. Maybe Daniel didn't <laughs> go on nitpick. In the name of Soren, open the door. Kill them. Kill them all. 
At this stage, they are the dominant part. You're the rebellion. Forces loyal to the government. Yes. The legitimate government is approaching. Hide. Hide in the cellar. They'll never, never think to look there. Stand aside. Please. Just tell me what you're looking for. Who owns this house? I do. And who else lives here? No one. It's always low-level thug, you know, it's, it's literally, it's almost in the script, thug, bracket, one, bracket. I don't think he's really too concerned about that. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, if this wasn't a family show, I'd be seriously worried at this moment. It's a shame there isn't a little dog they can shoot. <laughs> Wouldn't you think she'd have an annoying little yippy thing? It strikes me as not a woman that would have an annoying little yippy thing. There'd be chickens, at least, or something. Yeah. Chicken equivalent. Ooh, does that... Oh, come on, tell me that ain't gonna work. Do you like some rhubarb brandy? Oh, come on, every cottage has a, a cellar. If only for pickling. Mm-hmm. Every day I'm pickling. Sorry. Did you see a woman in the initial opening scene with Amanda tapping season one here? No. I did. The classic Lego ball cut. What, when she came through the gate? Not long after, she was standing in the background. Once we're close enough, we use the city's tunnel systems to get us near one of the bunker's access points. After we're inside, we'll wait for Dr. Jackson's people to make their move, then we make ours. Understood. Yeah, especially if they actually bring Zats this time. Mm -hmm. And let's all stand in the open, just in case one of them stayed behind. Let's make sure we're wearing uniforms so we stand out. They must pay this guy really well when he was uh, employed by the government. That house is pretty big. I was calling it a cottage, and it ain't a cottage. Well, no, the cottage, that's not the cottage behind. That's another part of the village, I think, isn't it? That What's looks like home? a bloody town hall. Got an extra wing on. I mean, they already raised and fired off a brood about 15 kids. She looks a bit young to have 15 kids and not sufficiently careful. Probably. Maybe hair dryers are really good. If this works, you'll be going home. Well, the goodbye to Daniel seemed rather more warmer and heartfelt. Not implying anything, of course, but, well, if Daniel should happen to take a bullet in the back, oops. That looks a bit uh, rougher now, doesn't it? Mm. All these passageways where you can get really close to your objective, yeah. and the, uh, the rebellion or the legitimate government now never knows anything about it. Surely if the gate is open, they'd be sort of standing there with guns and things. They look like single-shot rifles. Yeah, they're a M1 bolt-action rifle. Flashbangs? It's Vasquez. Who? No, that's uh, Leanne Adachi. Mm -hmm. She was in Stargate Universe as Corporal Barnes, as well as uh, Defying Gravity in the 4400. I must start watching Defying Gravity again. They've coordinated an attack with help from the off-worlders. We are losing control of the facility. I feel suggesting that we evacuate. Think again. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> oh, overwhelming force. Okay. Two sort of casual only got an M16 with one hand. Why not Zat? Seriously, I don't understand why they don't use Zat. Because they want to kill them. Daniel, you guys okay? Yeah, we're fine. Now, that I can believe. You're firing weapons like that in close range. Your hearing's going to be... Yes. Almost an extension of his arm, isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> he had it bolted to his arm. Where it goes, I go. Hmm. Anything you can do will do better. See, now that... All that passageway needs better choke points. Ooh. All the base up. Yeah, that's the only point of a bunker. When you're trapped there, you really are trapped. All stations are dark. The loyalists have us surrounded. They are calling for our surrender. Engage them. There's only one way out. Boom. <laughs> what did she say? I don't know, I didn't hear she waved at me. <laughs> She's doing it again. <laughs> How does he know what she's saying? He doesn't. He's just going to repeat the gesture. <laughs> Universal waving. Hey, it works. <laughs> Do it again. And again. Nobody can hear you. They're behind a blast door. You're allowed to speak. So I'll go for the hand wave dance. 
Any chance he'll just surrender? Commander, we are hopelessly outnumbered. Oh, ye of little faith. There's a self-destruct, isn't there? Oh, dear. Yes, he really doesn't take uh, this end very well. Definitely ENIC. Of course, now he's kind of put himself in a position where you tell the followers... The rest of his men are going to... Yeah, either go and die or shoot me. Mm. In their names we rose up. In their names we purged the non-believers. And in their names we will die. Uh, you're about to be calling pincushion, Pally. We will not dishonor them with cowardice. And that is a weapon we're going to see in a few episodes in Atlantis. Mm. That's a Jinai handle. Mm. I can see parallels. I'm a skinhead. I will follow you. I have more hair than brain cells. They've been in charge for a while now. Surely they've got uniforms. It looks like he's got a bloke who would actually say, you've got to dress like this. You question your faith? I will show you faith. Do you think he actually believes this? He believes it. Or do you think he just doesn't want to be captured alive? Drop your weapon. I said drop your weapon now. <laughs> well done, Jared. That was rather unduly dramatic. That was under-dramatic. Obviously, they haven't got bulletproof vests in this uh, world. No, because nobody will know what happened at all. I'm not going to say anything, my men aren't going to say anything, and you're not going to say anything. Yeah. We'll just circulate that he shot himself. I had no choice. You can return to your world now. Kane, what happened to us was not your fault. I know. We made a promise and we intend to keep it. We'll be back to help you rebuild. Filled with despair. It was actually a different, much later episode with Pearl Mitchell in it that I saw played out quite similarly. Daniel, are you ready to go home? Yeah. I'm much activating Kindler Road. <laughs> Crap, I don't have any new ideas. I'll just slightly retread this one. Why not? It's not that unusual in any series. And credits. Indeed not. You've got to admit, though, Jared was rather magnanimous. Uh, I even began to try to... <laughs> Would you like to back up that sentence and start again? <laughs> I know, he was very generous with Daniel. I mean, the SGC and SG-1 were responsible for all this. Granted, it, they were the catalyst that started this entire revolution and killed God knows how many, maybe millions. I wouldn't even go with catalyst. My inclination would be there's a tinder dry forest with a lot of kindling and what SG-1 came along did was they walked in there and dropped a lit match. I don't think they ever really gave the impression that Soren was in a position to become a leader of a large movement, maybe, you know, a large cult mm -hmm. that probably caused problems for whatever region of the continent he was on, but not globally. Up until the Waco effect. Yeah, that's what would have happened eventually. Soren had the personality to be a ghoul. He did. He would have been perfect. Oh, I forgot to mention it at the time. The actual cottage. It was a private home in Langley, Vancouver. There's a Langley in Vancouver? There's a Langley in Vancouver, yes. That was Icon, an interesting attempt at doing a, a multi-timeline uh, story, you know, chopping and changing. The structure worked okay, but uh, I don't think the episode did as a whole. You know, it's such a big story, you almost think it deserved a double episode and more depth to go into uh, the events. You know, just saying, oh, we've had pretty much a world war while you've been gone in these last six weeks or so. Mm -hmm. Expecting a lot. Possibly. But not to worry. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We had a little feedback on the recent bonus episodes. On Facebook, Christina posted about the Burn Notice episode, and in particular Victor, who was played by Michael Shanks. Christina said, The only time I ever mourn for a character, so well written and well played. And I replied, He does tend to make the most of rather small recurring roles. And that's one reason why Saving Hope was such a boon. And she closed with a damn good actor, which is probably why he is in work most of the time, even if it is just bit parts. We got a quick rebuke from Brad on the Simpsons episode, pointing out a little error on my part. He posted, Mike, you botched the intro. It's Patty and Selma, not Selma and Thelma. Ha <laughs> ha. 
I guess my only excuse is that I always have Thelma and Louise echo in my mind whenever Selma is mentioned. It did get us some feedback though, so it paid off. We got a very nice uh, voicemail from Adam about the Burn Notice episode. He recorded it and attached it to an email. Simple and sweet, and we still think that's the best way to get your opinions across. These days, with mobile technology, it's never been easier to record a little message and send it in. I can't get this. Ah, there we go. Hey guys, this is Adam. I'm sending you this message in response to bonus episode 7, where you were talking about Burn Notice. I'm kind of disappointed you didn't watch one of Michael Shanks' Smallville episodes. After all, where else are you going to see him playing an archaeologist who works with an alien to protect the world and dies a lot? Oh, wait. All kidding aside, I did like his character Victor on Burn Notice. Could never quite tell if he actually was crazy or was just pretending to be in order to keep Michael Weston and his team off balance. Enjoying the show? Can't wait to hear you guys talking about some Stargate again. Talk to you later. Bye. Archaeologist who dies a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much, Adam, for leaving us that little bit of voicemail. It's highly appreciated. Always gives that extra little personal touch when somebody records something for us. Yes, because it saves us reading it out and nothing else. Yes, and <laughs> if we do the bonus episodes again, we'll definitely include an episode of Michael Shanks on Smallville. I'm not sure if I've gotten that far. I'm in season nine at present. Well, by the time we do another bonus episode, you'll have finished Smallville. <laughs> you would think, yes. <laughs> I've looked at it in about six months. If you want to send us in some feedback about any of the episodes we cover, or Stargate in particular, then feel free. We want to hear from you, and anything to do with Stargate SG-1, SGA, or Universe. Our email address is thegatecast at gmail.com, and our website is gatecast.co.uk. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, and Google Plus by searching for Gatecast. And on Twitter, we are under thegatecast, which is one word. We have a little news and a few upcoming birthdays. First off, the animated sci-fi feature, Strange Frame, gets its release on DVD this March the 19th in the US. Claudia Black takes a lead role in the movie, playing the heroine Parker C. Boyd, one half of the romance which has to deal with the Ganymede Society in the 28th century. The movie also features Alan Tudyk, Juliet Landau, Tim Curry, Michael Dorn and George Takei. On the 13th of January, Jill Wagner will be celebrating her birth. She played the Traveller Larin in Stargate Atlantis, as well as starring in Blade series and the remake of Teen Wolf. The 14th sees the birthday of Kevin Durand, who played the world Zipachner in three episodes of SG-1, as well as recurring roles on Lost and Dark Angel. David Blue has his birthday on the 17th. He was Eli on Stargate Universe and provided the show with much of its everyman point of view and humour. He was also in Ugly Betty and Moonlight. Last, and certainly not least, on the 19th, the gorgeous Rachel Luttrell will be celebrating with her fella and two kids. Rachel played Taylor in SGA, and has had roles on NCIS, True Justice, and Charmed. That's it for all the news, birthdays and feedback for this week. And next week, we're back on Atlantis with the SGA episode, Suspicion. Dr. Weir begins to suspect that one of the Athosians is actually a wraith spy. Despite the disapproval of Taylor and Shepard, she confines the Athosians to the south side of Atlantis and interviews them. The interviews take on an accusatory tone. Growing tensions cause a mass exodus of Athosians. Paranoia abounds. That's pretty much it. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. And as always, all feedback is appreciated. I've been Alan. And I've been Mike. Take care and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.